This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, Damon. Justin Davis. Scoop. And Mark Medina joins us this week. We're going to get 20 questions this time, I promise. <laughs> that's, that's your like catchphrase, like, hey, gamers, that you spent time coming up with. <laughs> We're going to get 20 questions this time, I promise. We workshop that Mark one. Medina, IGN.com. <laughs> We've got a great show for you this week. I think I've done a good job of making something out of nothing. It's a very slow news oh, week. And when that happens, I often go to you, the viewers and listeners, for your questions in the GameScoop inbox. I got a really interesting question that sent me down a rabbit hole uh, and it's going to be some good stuff. So we're going to end up talking about our main topic, forgotten PlayStation games. And there are a lot of games Ooh, that were both developed and published by Sony that I think some of you will be like, what? It's pretty good. I know. Yeah, I mean, we get I'm them on 20 already. questions. Or should I say we don't get them on 20 questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Damon, a, a rabbit hole is the best kind of hole. So I think that, You think that's true? Yeah. Yeah, or a hobbit hole, maybe. Hobbit okay, second hobbit hole. good. Ready, cozy. Well, you were so definitive and then talked yourself out of it almost immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's not a it's not a dirty, dank, gross hole full of worms and dirt, but a nice, lovely hole. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> Please move uh, on. <laughs> but first, was anyone aware that there is a new Puyo Puyo-like just announced? Is no. anyone aware of this? And it well, takes if anybody place, was aware, it, it was, might be you. This is the name of our new column. Was anyone aware of this? <laughs> <laughs> that should be my column. It's and it's set in the Super Meat Boy universe. Oh uh, no, I did. See, I take it back. I did see that. that yeah, it cool. looks cool. It's called Doctor Fetus's Mean Meat Machine, and it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. It's, uh, it looks very puyo puyo ish. 
It says that, that there's also the Super Meat Boy platforming elements to it. I don't really know how those come into play, but the gameplay that I've seen looks like Puyo Puyo, and it looks very cool. And it's coming out this year. And that was just an I'm glad I mean, they're keeping the Mean Machine series yeah. going in at least spirit. The Dr. Uh, Robotnik would be proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Mean, the mean the, Bean. Yeah, Mean Bean Machine for sure. Anyway. Bold of them to put Dr. Fetus in the name of the game. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've played Super Meat Boy or Binding of Isaac, but... I mean, yeah, of... but they're not in the title of the game and on the box. <laughs> hey, Mom, you know what game I'd like you to buy me? <laughs> I don't think too many kids care about playing games set in the, uh, uh, what is it, the Super Meat Boy, the SMBU. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Anyway. Super Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy was really good. It was mm-hmm. really good. Uh, that was just a little, uh, a little, a little something for me to kick the show off with. Sam, you've seen the Tetris movie. I did. I, I watched it with Alexei Pejitnov, which was amazing. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a definitely a defining experience in terms of being a fan of Tetris my entire life. And, and mm-hmm. what an honor. But yeah, the movie I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's hard to get a, 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 um, a grip on how kind of measured and well done it is because the trailers really you know it really kind of shows these over the top moments but like it tells this story which is partially this like crazy story of like how did this game get out of russia how did it become marketed in the united states um well it was through the efforts of uh, a guy named hank and he's the main character in this movie with that classy mustache uh, but the other characters they're showing here are all real people too, like uh, Minoru Arakawa, the, uh, the NOA vice president, Howard Lincoln, uh, and then of course there's a, a great inside Kyoto Nintendo scene as well um, with Yamauchi. Uh, it's for that type of stuff. Like they went all in making these really cool sets in Russia and in Japan and the United States that were like '80s game studios, which is like who's done that before? Uh, it's cool. just really well done. And, and the producers of the movie are the Tetris company, the people that are also the, the characters in the movie who are there. And they, they're they striving for a good story with some accuracy. And, you know, I got to hear them talk about that, which was great. Uh, I just, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was like really fun to watch and really heartwarming. And it's just an important story. Like it's just, it's, it's a really neat idea because, uh, and you'll understand a little bit about video games back then, which was really crazy, which is like, you know, if there was like a hit game, one company would publish on PC, one would cu- publish in arcades in America, mm-hmm. one in arcades in Japan, another one would have it on, you know, on consoles. And like, that was like, for this game, this game was like, people saw it and felt it as such a hit so quickly that it was vicious figuring out how to get it out. And, and, mm-hmm. and it was it's really cool. Plus you got this this major player, which is the Soviet Union, which is like, we're anti-capitalist. Like we, we, like they're only doing this by trying to make money for the government. So the players are not like a software company. They're like yeah. a guy, you know, Alexi that works in a in a computer lab, and then like the government, you know. And they did not take kindly to American businessmen coming over and trying to buy video games. So that's what the kind of the action is about. It's great. Mm-hmm. That's Any awesome. Questions? Really good. I'm glad to hear that from you because, like, I think reviews have been a little bit more lukewarm yeah. uh, across the board. But I trust, I trust Sam's opinion. Yeah, family. I mean, you know this this audience too that listens to Twenty Questions and listens to our, our retro segments and stuff. Like, there's just a lot of like, again, like the recreation of '80s 
stuff that see they have a CCS scene. Yeah. Like that's extensive. And like <clears throat> seeing that early CES scene is like it's just cool. Like I don't know how accurate it was. I wasn't there, but it looks like it should. And and it's just like you're just constantly looking around and seeing all the, the cool things that they're kind of showing. It's, it's it was really enjoyable. Cool. It's awesome. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's subscribed to Apple TV Plus for Ted yeah. Lasso again. Mm-hmm. So hey, mm-hmm. while you're here, yeah. watch the Tetris movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's out next week, right? On the 31st, I want to say. Nobody knows. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. I'm gonna check it out now. And Mark, we talked a lot about Resident Evil 4 last week, but let's get your thoughts on it. Thumbs up or Uh, thumbs down? Sure. Very, very (laughs) thumbs up. Yes. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very good. I never really played the original. And so we did one of those, like, how long to beat videos. And they were like, do you have any interesting, like, did you beat it in a certain way? And I was like, no, but I beat it in a way as in, like, I'm the only one on this list that hasn't played the original. And, And my time was just as, like, good as everybody else's. So that was good. Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm sad that I never played the original now because I think I would have liked yeah. it because I like mm-hmm. this game quite a bit. But then you know when what? I, I have a, I have I, a fun take on that, Mark. That the mm. original is so different from the remake. Which I, now that I'm even further into the remake, I can't mm. believe how different it is. It is a really? it is a completely remade game. There's not like there's like entire parts which are like this. Well, I don't think anything matches. Like the, the game map doesn't match. Like cool. you don't really? go around, you don't go to the same rooms or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it's really crazy different. So you could go back and play mm-hmm. RE4 now. It's playable and fun, and you, know, you might have a good experience. But yeah, in my script, I say something about like it's been this long since the game came out, and I can finally say that I've beaten it. And somebody was like, "Well, hold on." In the in the comments on the YouTube video, they were like, "Hold on, you've beaten the <laughs> remake." Like, let's you know. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's not inaccurate." But no, I thought it was really really good. I liked it a lot, and it was it was it was just like when I beat Village, I instantly wanted to just go back in because mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that game almost because Village did this as well. It almost becomes <laughs> almost like a roguelike where. Every time you play it, you do New Game Plus, and you keep everything before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I kind of want to play through it on the really hardest difficulty. So let me play through it again on the really easy difficulty and get as much money as I can so I can buy a bunch of upgrades. And then I'll play through it again on the hardest difficulty, and I'll have Mm -hmm. all these upgrades and stuff like that. And that's it's a weird way to like look at it. But can you Mm -hmm. choose professional the hardest difficulty if you've only played through on easy? Well, the, so my first plus. playthrough was through standard. Yeah, no, I so, know, but like, can you, you? I don't know if you can up your difficulty level with your stuff. Well, so oh, okay. Well, I guess I don't know if you keep your stuff. I I played on standard, and then when I went to play again, you load through that save, and then it was mm-hmm. like, what difficulty do you want to play on? And professional and stuff was there. So I guess what you're saying is, is if I if I had picked a harder one, yeah. my stuff wouldn't have been there. I don't know. I don't know. If that's I don't. True th- I don't think so. You can you can check it out, but I think the point is you have to beat it on that. That's what it was in the old ones, and that's why I used mm. to beat it on professional because you you could are the hardest difficulties because when you do that, you get to play again with like an infinite launcher or something, and then it's right, like right. it's the hardest mode, but you have a progress removal laser, and it's really mm-hmm. fun. So like it's stuff like that which makes it really interesting. But but you're absolutely right though. Like the the replayability has starting with Resident Evil Four the original they basically made it like an arcade game and they made it even more like that now with like actual pachinko stuff in this game or actual um, yeah sorry uh, uh, what do you call them uh, the the target challenges ra- yeah random yeah yeah, ball yeah. Opening things but I, but but actually what I'm talking about though is that you can purchase 
with, you know, from challenge points, like cool mm-hmm. upgrades to play through again. It's kind of like Halo when you used to be able to turn on the um, skulls after you right, get them. Right. And it kind of mm-hmm. changes the gameplay and stuff like that. I love that. I think it's so smart. Well, that is something I'm trying to do right now is I want to beat it in four hours because that's one of the challenges is to try to beat it like super fast. There's people on our team that have done that too. And that's how you do it. You can totally drop down to easy, have a bunch of weapons and stuff, like an infinite Mm -hmm. weapon, like cruise through the game, which sounds so fun. Four hours. I don't know. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Now I'm curious. Anyway, like did this game bring back that weird little Napoleon man boy? Yeah, yeah. And this they redid game. him, and he's really spooky and like yeah, you know, the same kind of ways, but he looks like really gross now. And oh. then there's like little elements of him in, in the collectibles, and then this other, you know, that there's that mechanical oh, yeah. boss, yeah. Mm-hmm. the automaton, oh. which is different in this. So it's like his like little his little stuff is everywhere. There's a side quest where you have like, to egg a painting of him. It's so weird. Like it's so weird. And then like it like so it's already weird. But then it's like mm-hmm. if you think about it for more than a second, they had like how many meetings where like someone somewhere was like, No, I wanna put this weird little Napoleon man in the yeah. game. And everyone's like, I don't know about that. And then he's like, No, it's gonna be great, trust me. And then it is great. Do you, does he have a boss fight in the original? Yeah, he turns into a plant. Okay, so like his boss fight in the remake was my favorite boss fight of the game. I thought it was yeah, very, it's different. Very good. All the boss fights are di- are different in the remake. They just have mm-hmm. the some, you know, the maybe the visage or the appearance of their original, but then they play out kind of differently. Dead Space did that really well too, where they kind of changed up the boss fights. What what I did read, and this is kind of, and I, I people probably won't be happy, but like what I kind of read is that this game has a ton of quality of life stuff. Like as far as like opening barrels, you just go up and push X, and he just like, roundhouse kicks them. Um, and then apparently Ashley was very like frustrating to kind of like yeah. she had like a health bar and stuff. And in this game, you just walk up and you just like pick her up, and she's good. So those are the things I'm worried about going back and being like, I can't aim and walk at the same time. What is that? those are the things I'm worried about but i do yeah. love the game a lot i thought it was very good code veronica next capcom please sam you know there's enemies that are in um they're wearing like night arm full suits of armor mm-hmm. you know yeah they're motionless until they're activated by something like what how long have yeah. <laughs> there's been something inside this whole time like yeah. how long they're just, well, days they, they were waiting they for you to move that picture and now they're like what yeah there's like there's like um there's there's backstory and documents in the game and mm. one of them is that the original family this is all you know from the other game too uh, the original family had like locked the plagas like away right. in their yeah. dungeons Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, sealed it away and they, they could come out of amber and like all this stuff. Right. So that was like this backstory. So then the knights, they actually mention, which are like, we sealed off our crypt because of the haunted knights. So it's, it's kind of like the Plagas will always, you know, go into like some kind of humanoid form and attack. It's just like, it's pulpy, but like they do try to explain stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. And Sam, you were talking about how different it is. I think they've redone all the puzzles. I don't think any oh, of the puzzles 100%. are the same. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like there's a church one where you kind of overlay these colors, which I'm like, oh, I, I remember that one. Nothing else. Like it's so, just, everything is completely different. Wait, that, that stained glass puzzle mm-hmm. is in the original? Yeah. So uh, the editor who edited that How Long to Beat video took out a section where I was like, I kind of breezed through the game except for the stained glass <laughs> part. I got, yeah. I got stuck. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing on that part. Yeah. But, well, it's hard to write a guide about that too. It's like, 
Yeah, it's like because you can only <laughs> write about picture. it from like it's like most like neutral state. The second you mess with it once, you're you can't do anything. I well, I discovered that I didn't have one of the switches on there. But then when yeah, I did yeah. that, even it still took me like I'm just like just turning these things. Yeah. And I just oh my god. Look, look up Mark's video guide for that one. Y'all. I <laughs> yeah. wish I would have had that at the time. It, it's fine. You you spin stuff for long enough, you start seeing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the puzzles are different. All the bosses are different, and like, yeah, the layouts of every single area are are different after, especially after the village, and wow. it's just shocking. Hmm. And Mark, I'm in the castle. I just took control of Ashley for the first time. So, like, what percentage okay. of the way through do you think? Oh I my gosh! So. I didn't know how long this game was. I, I tr- Resident Evils are traditionally not that long. I think I beat Village for the first time like eight hours. So yeah. maybe halfway, if even. The game cool. is so long, so much longer than I thought. <clears throat> uh, real quick, can I can I mention something else I've been playing? Yes. yes. No. I've been <laughs> playing uh, the HBO app on my television. Mm-hmm. I watched all of AMC's Interview with a Vampire. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. not HBO. Amazon Prime. That show is great. If you yeah, it was like, really good. If you like the movie, mm-hmm. uh, this show is almost a sequel to the movie. It's definitely not. They definitely don't even try to pretend that this is any sort of sequel. But you've the seen the movie of, Interview with a Vampire. One of my favorite movies of all time. That you've movie's never great. seen The Big Lebowski. The big what now? <laughs> I just I have to give the audience yeah. something. Uh, that yeah, show? Uh, that, no, that. I've never seen it. But it, the events of the movie did not happen in the show and yet at the same time they did it's not a sequel but it kind of is it's really good it, that show also goes really hard like we put on the first episode being like oh, i don't know like we're trying to find something to watch and then that show it's like damn like you didn't need to go all out like this like, <laughs> but it, it just it really does from like you know the acting and the costumes and the set design and like the, cool. it's just like it's very like it's very intense and in your face and i think it won a bunch of awards and they're well deserved yeah nice. it's great i'm into it uh, well, speaking of, before we started shooting, Sam and Justin were talking about Picard season three mm-hmm. um, and how um, Sir Patrick Stewart, like you said, it was great, but it's pretty obvious how uh, how up there in years Sir Patrick Stewart is getting. I'm watching yeah. another show right now with uh, uh, a movie star who's getting up there in years. Sam, what just happened? Just blow a fuse? My, my, yeah, one of the one of the uh, games blew a fuse, looks like. Well, at least you're oh. still here. Is, is it okay? Do you, do you need to... Uh, do you need to investigate anything no it's on its own circuit it looks fine okay. now now the space looks haunted it's yeah. very different <laughs> yeah i need to go flip the... the switch give me give me a second i'll just go switch it back on okay oh, it's... i was running a space heater you see and so mm. yeah it's, it's is it that cold there it is yeah, cold yeah. out here in california mark how what's the temperature where you are so cold you're more checking inland. right now it is 57 degrees yeah it's like that is... here too it's cold everywhere out here yeah okay anyway the TV show I've been watching that has another aging movie star is Shrinking on Apple TV Plus with Harrison Ford. And uh, we were just talking about it with Justin. Justin said he watched the first episode, didn't do much for him. And I agree. It took me two or three episodes to really get in there. But mm. now there's only, one, it, there's only one episode to go. It's not out yet. Um, but now I, like, I laugh out loud every episode. That's really good. And it's mm. like it's Jason Siegel is a psychiatrist 
whose wife recently passed away, and he's been grieving and neglecting his teenage daughter. And he also, his mentor at work is Harrison Ford, another psychiatrist. And uh, so it's like, he's like dealing with all that and start of, starting to emerge out of his period of grief and that, all that sort of thing. But it, hmm. while I do agree, it takes a couple episodes to hook you. Once it does, it's very, very funny. Awesome. Yeah. It's a good recommendation. I like it. Is anybody going to watch Hello Tomorrow on Apple TV Plus? I don't know it that one. It looks... Oh, it looks like Fallout. It's like Whoa. it's like takes place in the fifties, and yet, but yet the cars are like floating and stuff like that, and it it looks really high production value, which is nuts because there's a Fallout show coming out. But like this looks like Fallout, and it has a lot of the characters from other Apple TV stuff, like a lot of the actors from like uh, nice. Morning Show and stuff like that. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Looks really, really cool. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jared in Texas did, who says, hello, after all this talk about Microsoft possibly acquiring the rights to juggernaut franchise Call of Duty, it got me wondering about how Sony might combat this business move. I remember growing up loving the Killzone games, but after Gorilla moved on to Horizon, it's less likely they would revive that franchise. Perhaps even another IP could be revived, such as Resistance or another personal favorite of mine, SOCOM. What routes do you and your peers believe would be the smartest move to try to lessen the damage of Microsoft, possibly dominating the military shooter genre? And what are some of your favorite discontinued Sony shooter IPs? I look forward to your words of wisdom. Thanks from a big fan. Hmm. It's true. Well, they own Bungie. So that's yep. like, I mean, that's just my go-to is uh, we know Bungie's working on something other than the next Destiny. And so it's like my thoughts are Bungie has shooting down. They just need to figure out how to make it not, you know, and it, it's really hard for a shared world shooter to compare mm. to, to compete against something like Call of Duty, like knowing that you have to go into the crucible by building up your character in other ways. Like that's not stuff people want to that's not something that can compete with Call of Duty, which is you log in, you go to multiplayer and you're playing the game. Right. So they just I I, I think that they should leverage that talent. I just don't know what the game is. It's really hard to take down Call of Duty. It's that game is just synonymous with shooters. Everybody buys it every year, and it's just it is what it is. Well, it used to be Battlefield took it on, but 
Yeah. Battlefield's really thinned out its its kind of audience over the years with some games that people didn't take to right away. But I hear, you know, they ended up improving. Mm-hmm. I never played the SOCOM games. I always I missed all of those. I, I know that they were the really well liked and yeah. you know, it was a Sony franchise. So, you know, like maybe there's an opportunity to bring that back on a AAA basis. Like, I, I, you know, Call of Duty is still a juggernaut, but Call of Duty is down from its. There it is. I don't know. What um, we're, is this a SOCOM? Um, what are we looking at? It, it must be. It must be like the original, right? What we're watching um, is a camera pointed at a real old TV <laughs> playing a game. <laughs> Fran Mirabella probably filmed this. Yeah. Um, Someone's reflection is uh, on the CRT. So. Yeah, I also I love that it's shaky cam. It's not on a tripod. Someone's oh, holding so, it. This is fantastic footage. I'm so this happy this exists. This is great. This is IGN. We built a media empire off yeah. of <laughs> footage like this. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, just that like, so, okay. So Call of Duty is still a monster. You're right, Mark. But yeah. it's not, it's, it's down from its peak, right? Like yeah. it's on the downslope, like how steep or gradual or can they turn that downslope around maybe but like Fortnite is the biggest game on earth like um you know biggest shooter on earth like i just i don't i don't know like what competes with call of duty is not another call of duty like it's something mm-hmm. else it's the next yeah. version for like you know the, the a take on apex legends or it doesn't even have to be a battle royale but just like it's going to be something new and something different and mm-hmm. if you want call of duty like that's still going to be there for you for the next decade but yeah. I don't think that something else is going to come out that looks like that and feels like that and reaches those same heights. Mm-hmm. Like right. Sony should chart their own course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That I don't think Sony needs to have something to combat Call of Duty, you know, anytime soon. Because right. as you say, Call of Duty is going to remain on PlayStation for ten years. Ten years from now, who knows what anything's going to look like? You know, who knows mm-hmm. if Call of Duty will even be as popular as, as it is today? But it did get me wondering. Oh, also, there's that interesting news story from this week where we learned that. Redfall was under it was in development for PlayStation Five, and then when yeah. Microsoft came in and bought Bethesda, they were like, "Let's cut that one off." And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. A lot of people in the comments, you know, were saying, "See, see, yeah. this is what they're gonna do." In my mind, though, they're very different things. Redfall was never it wasn't even announced. Period. First of all, when when it yeah. was purchased by uh, Microsoft, so nothing would had been nothing was being taken away from PlayStation gamers. Games that are, are already exist on or have been announced for PlayStation will stay there, and then completely new games like Redfall and Starfield are Xbox exclusives. That makes sense to me in my mind. Yeah, I, I think it's a very funny thing how, like, you know, Naughty Dog and, and a bunch of studios, Insomniac, they were not first party until they became first party. And now that they're first party, you expect their games to only be on those platforms. So I, I'm not sure where this where people are having trouble. It's just because Phil Pen- Phil Spencer has said things about like, we're not looking to take games away from people. But in the next line of that interview that everybody's sourcing, he says, but of course, exclusives are a business move and we are going to keep some games as exclusive. And so Starfield was the big one where it's like, that game's been a development. You know that there was a PlayStation version. I don't know what that means. There's a, there's an, a something version of every game until they get closer to the end of development where there's like every game's a PC game, right? Until they start working on the different versions. So to assume that Starfield had this like PlayStation Vive version ready to go and yeah. that Phil Spencer went in and just like deleted it is a silly assumption. It's also silly to assume that that game should be on PlayStation. It shouldn't be. They own it. It is what it is. Yeah. 
I mean, games reach a size like so. Yeah. So uh, Insomniac gets acquired and no one expects Insomniac games to be multi-platform anymore. Right. Like it's like, well, no, duh. Like they're owned by Sony now. But then it's like Call of Duty is big enough. That's the argument that right. Like it's Mm -hmm. so big that it's inappropriate for it to be a console exclusive, especially after having, you know, the other kind of nuance or detail there is that Insomniac's working on new stuff and new franchises, whereas Call of Duty has what 15 plus years of precedence as being, mm. you know, kind of platform agnostic. And so that's another reason why it feels a little bit weird. Um, I mean, it's a little bit hard for me to like, as someone that owns a gaming PC and every console, you know, uh, it's, it's like, but, but if that's not you, which it's not most people, then obviously you have a little bit more skin in the game and you're a little bit more motivated to care about, um, you know, exclusivity and, and how it's kind of bad for consumers. Mm-hmm. I, like something almost you know bigger than Call of Duty actually is Minecraft. They never went through and took Minecraft off of every platform, even to the point where Minecraft Legends, which comes out next month, has a PlayStation version. They absolutely don't have to do that, but they are still putting Minecraft on every platform. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird argument that Redfall's not on PlayStation. Of course it's not. That makes total sense to me. Well, thinking about <clears throat> former shooter properties that Sony has that maybe they could bring back. I think Killzone Shadowfall is the last shooter Sony published mm-hmm. um, outside of like VR stuff. And that was a PS4 launch game, so 10 years ago. So I started looking back, and this is when I uh, went down the aforementioned Hobbit hole, trying to look at what other first-party <laughs> games there are. And this uh, led me to compile this list of just forgotten PlayStation games. A lot of, all of these games now are published by PlayStation. Many of them were also developed by PlayStation. Wow. So if you go back Siphon to the... Siphon filter? Well, I mean, but that's not forgotten. Uh, I no. don't think. Uh, I'm going back. So <laughs> 1995, the first year that the PlayStation was available, Sony mm-hmm. published a first-person shooter called Kiliak the DNA Imperative, which was a Doom clone <laughs> that IGN reviewed and gave a three. So it would have been... That's what you call a yeah. game title. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the, the DNA, DNA Imperative part of that, but I don't remember Kiliak. Same. Um, I looking at footage earlier today. It it looks fine. It has actually has some cool, uh, you know, '90s style FPS music. But we, IGN gave that a three. They were just they were yeah. just naming games whatever they wanted back then. Kiliak, yeah. whatever. What should we name our game? How about Kiliak? And then again, a room full of people, just like that weird Napoleon man. A room full of people were like, "Yes, that's the name of our game." <laughs> It's 1995, and we're going to release our game on the PlayStation and call it that. They just had dice with all these random names, and they're just rolling it. (laughs) There you go. There's a game title. Not even a word. (laughs) Even though IGN gave that a three, Sony published the sequel the following year, and the sequel's called Epidemic. Uh, Whoa, look at that great It's just called Epidemic? Yes. How would... When aliens invade the Earth, how are they going to be able to put our game collections in order? <laughs> They'll have no idea that that's the sequel to Kiliak or whatever. Well, they're going to have any idea that Lords of the Fallen is a sequel to Lords of the Fallen? Yeah. Well, and let's not even get started when they <laughs> have to catalog the Fast and the Furious. It's yeah, funny. they did take out the the. Now we'll never know. <laughs> Apparently, Epidemic was slightly better than Kiliak because IGN gave that one a four. Hmm. I just love that we we're... going. I think yeah, reviewing that trend these early, continued. Yeah. <laughs> I just reviewing these early PlayStation games and just trashing them. So that's two games in the mid '90s. Sony had a first-person shooter <laughs> franchise already. Hashtag bring back Kiliak. Bring back Kiliak. Get it trending. 
And also when I was looking at this uh, compiling this list, I didn't realize in 1995, Sony released a Twisted Metal, Warhawk, and Wipeout all in that one year. Ooh, dang. Yeah, those are all like all right. decent, decent year. <laughs> Key yeah. PlayStation franchises. In 1996, Sony developed and published 2Xtreme, which is spelled numeral 2, capital X, Treme. Yeah. Sure. I remember that game. It's a sequel to ESPN Extreme Games, but does not have ESPN licensing. Mm. Back then, Sony was so much more into sports games. They did. They published yeah. their own, and then they had their like nine eight nine studios or nine eight nine sports, which was their their own just you know sports creation house. Mm-hmm. In nineteen ninety six, Sony published a game called Aquanauts Holiday, which IGN gave uh. an eight. Oh wait, I understand. We're just doing we're just doing weird forgotten PlayStation that, games. It's not shooters. That's where it started for a second. That's where it started, Justin. But, but now, then I was like, what okay, is this? Okay, game? okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was gone for a second, but now I'm back. Now I'm 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 I'm, I'm picking up what I you're I was really back. hoping this was a first person shooter though. Aquanauts, Aquanauts Holiday. Holiday was um what what I don't remember I mean I okay. recognize the name. So I don't... IGN reviewed it. Our review is two paragraphs long. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> I'll read the first paragraph, so half the review. Aquanauts Holiday <laughs> occupies a peculiar space in the PlayStation's roster of shooters, fighters, and sports games. It's not really any of these. In fact, it's not really a game. What Aquanauts Holiday is, however, is a fun and immersive 3D underwater sim of the most relaxing kind. Yeah, like that Endless Ocean game that came out on the Wii. Weird. Um, yeah. Also, so 1996 and IGN reviewed it. That's very, that's like very early IGN. Mm-hmm. I know. It would have been, yeah, and when we reviewed Kiliak in 95. It that's like, been, that's gotta, yeah. It would have been under the Imagine Games what? Network umbrella yeah. and it was a PS Extreme, whatever, dot com. That, that was, exactly. That, that would have not been IGN. That would have been the other brand that would have, got yeah. folded Eventually it would be later. folded into I, IGN. Yeah. So, I, we're talking about sports games. In 96, Sony developed and published NBA Shootout, NCAA Game Breaker, and NFL Game Day 97. Whoa. Developed all, right. all those games in-house and published them. So those I mean, this used is, to it, be all the EA competitors, but there's so few of those now. Yeah, yeah. 2K. If you're yeah. like, if you're a younger gamer, it, it's like it's hard to overstate or like understand just how incredibly dominant the PS1 was as a cultural force throughout like the mid to late 90s. Like they like cartridges were so expensive to manufacture mm-hmm. um, for game developers, and then therefore the games ended up costing like 70 bucks. And then PlayStation just had like these $50 bangers month after month after month of like, you know, it was, it was a, it was just a weird time, weird time for games seeing this newcomer come into the market and rise to prominence so quickly. Mm-hmm. This next one, maybe only Justin would know in 97, Sony published a game called Carnage Heart. It's a mech based turn based strategy game. No, I don't remember. Carnage I never Heart. heard of, but I gave it a 9.2 and it sounds totally wow. up my alley. Wow. I bet it's expensive now. I'm sure. It sounds like it would be like a front mission competitor. Yeah, and I'm sure it has some kind of anime or something like Roots in Japan, but it's just yeah. called that here. Yeah. This game looks great. I'm looking at right. it now. Yeah. This game looks awesome. Right? And then, does everyone remember the... Oh, yeah. This is Carnage Heart. You're nice. like... Well, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, this, maybe this footage doesn't well, look so awesome. <laughs> the, game, the game looks fun. And then, does everyone remember the, remember the Spawn game? Yeah, I do. I remember it for Super yep. Nintendo. It was a fighting game. Well, but the one, yeah, the one for PlayStation, Sony developed. 
Really? Yes. Sony developed and published the Spawn game for PlayStation. IGN gave that a heck? two. That got a two. Dude, here's a, wow. Is it Dude, not a fighting a... game, though, on front of PlayStation? I don't think so. No, I think it was 3D and you ran around. Yeah. And, like, killed yeah, people. third-person action game. Medieval we, Spawn. Carn- Carnage Heart, developed by Art Dink, who is Art a Dink. Japanese game developer who uh, makes some of their own stuff, but mostly pitches it and helps out on other people's games. Mm-hmm. They were one of the primary studios on Triangle Strategy in, oh, tr- in 2022. Oh, wow. Still cool. around. We're in, yeah, cool. In 2000, Sony published three Disney games on the PlayStation 1. Uh, Aladdin nice. in the Sierra's Revenge, uh, Disney Story Studio Mulan, and The Emperor's New Groove. All published wow. by Sony. Cool. And then in 2000, Sony published its own Tony Hawk competitor called Grind Session. Like, I don't I remember, remember any that. of these, dude. It was apparently okay. IGN gave it a seven. What, what year was that? 2000. Sounds like it was good. Yeah, good. Grind Session. So then moving on to PlayStation 2, in 2002, Sony published Jet X20, which is a jet ski racing game that's not part of the Jet Moto series. It's just Sounds another weird. jet ski racing game. That has Jet in the title. <laughs> in 2003, Sony published Downhill Domination, which is a oh. off... Wait, you know this one? Uh, no, I was sorry. I, was, I think it's Jet X2O. Oh, okay. Like you're probably right. Yeah. Jet X2O. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's how it's... And then I remember that, that like, as I'm trying to look some of these up as you're talking about them, and this game is coming back to me now. It's sort of like a wave race, like... Yeah. Downhill Domination is a like an off-road mm-hmm. bike racing game that was that was developed by santa monica so think yeah. about it if that was 2003 the next game they made was god of war yeah sure oh good frame rate on this yeah this looks great and uh, they made you know downhill that there's a new downhill bmx game that's pretty popular right probably oh <laughs> cool all right okay in 2003 sony published a mario party competitor called my street it was from Idle Minds, which four years later would make Pain that we had on 20, Video Game 20 Questions a few episodes ago. And so mm-hmm. the description of this on Wikipedia says, In my street, the player is put in control of the new kid, whose role is to beat the bully before August 24th, the first day of school. It's a party game called My Street. I, I almost yeah, said, it's... man, I don't remember any of these, but that's kind of the point of this segment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about these is like, like, like PlayStation. Like, I described them as the newcomer on the scene, you know, in the '90s. But like, they were only making video game consoles about ten years after Nintendo, right? So, like, for the forty or forty-five years that video game consoles have been around, PlayStation has been around for like seventy-five percent of That's that true. time. Yeah, like they're old enough now that they have this history and this legacy of like developed games and published games. That's not that different than Nintendo's. They're only really missing one decade. But like, but Nintendo fandom, Nintendo fans, and I say this, you know, with love, are so crazy and like, <laughs> you know, obsessive over Nintendo and their legacy that like no one ever forgets, you know, like even like old, like obscure Nintendo games like Wrecking Crew, like people know them because they're made yeah. by Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas PlayStation doesn't have their old enough now that like, you know, I do this for a living and I had a PS1 and like was reading magazines and stuff at this time. And I barely remember any of these games. Like mm-hmm. it's an oddly kind of forgotten legacy. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering what a, lo- a list like this would look like for Nintendo. Like, how many Nintendo games have been forgotten? Urban Champion. Not, not, not as many. That one should Ooh, be forgotten. Land. 
Uh, does everyone remember the Jet Li game in 2004, Jet Li yeah. Rise to Honor? Published by That Sony. one I do remember. Published by Sony. In um, 2006, which one was this? I, I wrote this down, now I don't remember. There's a game called Tourist Trophy. Oh, yeah. Tourist Trophy is by Polyphony, so Gran Turismo. It's a motorcycle racing mm-hmm. game that IGN gave an 8.2. So a great yeah. motorcycle racing game from the developer of uh, Gran Turismo that just never got a sequel and that I've never heard of before. Weird. Yeah. So in 2006, at the launch of the PlayStation 3, there were some PSN mm-hmm. games, some PlayStation Network games. Yeah. There was a game called Blast Factor, which apparently wasn't that great, but it was by Bluepoint. Oh, weird. Oh, cool. Mark, who's, like Mark, who's, yeah, who's Bluepoint? They're the remake that, studio. They make all that's the it. remakes now. And Blast Factor I is, to this day, was... the only game developed by them that's not a remaster, remake, or that's port. Not just... That's what I was just going <laughs> to oh, ask. That's so if funny. They, that's their only original product. That's it. And then in those early years of the PS3, Sony was publishing like actual shovelware onto PSN. I think they were just trying to mm-hmm. populate it with games. But some of these games, mm-hmm. they're called Go Sports Ski and Go Sports Skydiving. We gave uh, the ski one a two and the skydiving a three. Oh. And when, you, when you look at these no. games, they look like the Nintendo Seal of Quantity games that we, <laughs> that we look at. Oh, the show. No. They're like that bad. Except they're published by Sony. And then in 2009, Sony developed and published a, a puzzle game on PSN called Numblast. That IGN didn't even review. It was developed and published by Sony. We didn't even review it. Imagine that happening now. This is one of the crazier ones. 2009, PlayStation Network, The Punisher, No Mercy. A first-person shooter Punisher game published by Sony. And developed by Zen Studios of Zen Pinball. (laughs) Wow. And then when you look... What's up? Did you play that? I know you're a Punisher I don't think, fan. I don't think so, but I, because I, I had no memory of this game. We gave it a 4.2. Mm. However, it is another example of Sony publishing a Marvel property. Yeah. Yeah. Which they totally. still do today. Those Disney ones are still surprising to me. Like, I can't believe they had like a straight up the latest Disney movies license for a brief period. That's crazy. Yeah. There's, a, there's an Aladdin game on the PS1. Who knew? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. There's another puzzle game they developed and published for PSN called Trash Panic, which looks cool. Yeah. It's, it's like a falling buck puzzle game, but it's just trash falling into a bin and you have to compact it. You're, you don't ever clear lines. You're just compacting it to keep it from <laughs> overflowing as long as you can. It looks cool, but I have How no mean is the trash? And finally, that brings us to... What this all, where this all started, uh, a first-person shooter game that Sony could bring back, 2010 Mag. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that I remember. Yeah, I remember that too. What it stood for, massive action game or yeah, something I like that. It was a hundred player. The, it was yeah. Its whole streak was a hundred player. Two fifty-six. Yeah. Dang, so you know, it's kind of ahead of its ahead of its time from the battle royale standpoint, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wasn't terrible. We gave it a seven, but uh, Zipper Interactive w- uh, went out of business shortly after. Well, I guess they they supported it for a few years and then closed up shop. Yeah, Zipper Interactive was SOCOM, wasn't it? They were. I don't know. Like they made some of the SOCOM games, I believe. I'm speaking from memory here, but I'd have to look it up. There you have it. That's a little list of forgotten PlayStation games. This is Brad from Georgia. 
Brad says, growing up, I always played games on Xbox and Nintendo consoles. I never had a PlayStation. Now I have a PS5. I would like to play The Last of Us. But my partner and I are wanting to watch the HBO series as well. I know it's not a situation where you have to do one in order to understand the other, but I was curious if you had any thoughts on which may provide a better experience playing the game before watching the series or after. Mark, what do you think? <laughs> I've, th- I've thought about this a lot because I have people I know that's not done either. And they're like, I want to watch the show. And I'm like, then you're going to spoil the game. And they're like, okay, I'll play the game. I'm like, then you're going to spoil the show. Okay, here's my <laughs> thoughts. Uh the show exists after the game, so I think you should play the game first because I I think the game is the story of The Last of Us, and I think the show is the sto- more of the story of the world of The Last of Us, right? There's so many episodes that and, and so many scenes and even the episodes that they're featured in that don't focus so much on Joel and Ellie. So if you want to play the first game and get that Joel and Ellie story, great. And then it's like everything about the show is just like a bonus, right? Everything is just like contextual and world building. Um, so, yeah, I, I I believe the order that they were released is the order you should watch them if you care that much. I, I also don't think it really matters that much. <laughs> That's just my recommendation. That's a good point. Mm, Sam, yeah. agreed. I mean, I, or, sorry, uh, go ahead, Justin. No, Sam can go. I, uh, I mean, I... I I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay and, and the games in hmm. the first place. And I, I think mm. I like the show better. So it's like, I, I think the game's kind of skippable now. Um, I thought I, I love the idea of, uh, of, you know, games having great narrative design, but I don't think this, that game did. I think it had, you know, okay game design and a good story mm. and a great story perhaps, but like, I don't think they came together that well and I'd rather just watch it. So yeah. Yeah, we're lucky to have a show that, that was made this way. It's a real experiment mm-hmm. in, in my philosophy of games, which I'm always telling people, if you're looking for a good story, you probably will find it in a book, a TV show, or a movie instead of a game, which is fine. That is okay. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 is really stupid story-wise, <laughs> but boy, I cannot stop playing it. I would recommend it to anybody on Earth. Justin, what were we going to add? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I largely agree with Sam. I, I like I'm, man, I'm hesitant to even say this out loud. I'm one of <laughs> I'm one of only like I, I don't like the Last of Us game that much. I don't think it's very good. I've I've tried to play it three or four times. I find the gameplay boring. You know, you're sneaking around and choking dudes out, and it takes ten seconds, and you're throwing a brick, and then you're <laughs> waiting, and then you're throwing another brick and crawling over here, and like. You know, everything that everybody likes about it from like, you know, the emotional story beats and the acting and the set pieces and all of that, like you can get that from the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think and I'm not saying the gameplay is like poor, but I also don't think it's exceptional. I don't think that like the act of playing that game and doing those goddamn ladder puzzles, like it's fine. It's fine. It's a good video game. And what elevates it is everything else that sort of surrounds the gameplay. And so, you know, watch the show. It's done so well. Yeah, well. but but I acknowledge that like I am I know that that's a minority opinion, and it won our game of the year award for good reason, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But for me personally, I don't you know I didn't find that game to be as exceptional as most of the world did. I think people really want games to be cinematic, and they really want them to be mm-hmm. mature. And I think that gets confused a little bit, and so I think critics and fans like really that really like game systems and game consoles really want things to prove themselves and be, you know, better than a game. But I think that's bullshit. 
I think games should stand on their own. And I think, you know, Pac-Man is beautiful and remarkable and amazing. And it doesn't need to be as good as a Spielberg film to be anything but itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we need to let go of that a little bit. And I think a lot of things get a lot of cred. And a lot of things go really wrong when they're trying to tell a really serious story, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and um, and some don't. I, I don't think this goes wrong in telling the story necessarily or anything like that. I just think grafted onto a video game, it makes you a weird mass murderer. And <laughs> it's like, why yeah. Why does anybody trust Nathan Drake if he's killed 400 people to save a treasure that might tell where his brother is? It doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, oh, so, totally. And it, I and love it has to games, be that and I'm way. Not, yeah. not recommending them. I'm saying mm-hmm. they should exist and it's fine. No, that's completely my stance as well. Where like, you, you know, the Nathan Drake things exist because the gameplay and shooting is like really fun, right? But like then marrying that with like a Hollywood like story is what can make it weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and Sony gets a lot of flack for that, right? Because a lot of their games are kind of stole. Like, like they're very cinematic, you know, uh, people say, you know, you, I didn't play God of War Ragnarok. I watched it because that's just kind of how those games are. I, I do think the gameplay for games like God of War, and, and I personally really like The Last of Us and Uncharted, um, but it is fair to say that Sony does uh, play home to a lot of very cinematic things, and, and it's okay if that's not for everybody. <laughs> well, hopefully that was I helpful. just want to clarify that I don't think cinematic games are bad. What I'm trying is a very nuanced opinion. It's that cinema- mm-hmm. the games don't have to be cinematic to impress me, and they shouldn't have to to be critically acclaimed. That is just not a quality yep. that needs to be held above, say, fun arcade games or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to yeah. explain. I, no, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, there, like so much of the best storytelling, like visual storytelling of all time, relies so much on tight control. Like the way a camera moves in a mo- in a film can make mm-hmm. you feel a certain way, and you know. And but then in a game, the player is in control of all of that. And like, mm. you know, you wouldn't write in your script like, you know, Nathan Drake tried to climb something for five minutes that wasn't climbable and then he moved on. Right. Like it's a controlled experience. And when you put that control in the hands of the player, you know, that that interactivity, like it can make something scary even scarier. Right. Because mm. you're the one running around and running away. Um, but then it can have the opposite effect with certain other types types of story like you know, like things that rely on timing, like comedy is really hard to do in yeah. games, mm-hmm. for example, for that reason. Um, so, you know, like movies exist and TV exists, and I'm not usually looking to video games for big AAA thoughtful storytelling. I can get that from other mediums that do it better. And I prefer my games to be gameplay focused generally. Like yeah. I do like Damon, you talk about lean forward games versus lean back games and like mm-hmm. a lean back game. That's like, you know, like an Uncharted that like, I'm just going to go on an adventure and it's going to be breezy and there's going to be cutscenes and gameplay. Like, that's cool. That's awesome. Like, yeah, and then I, there's I, storytelling I, through games like Portal, which like mm-hmm. could not be told. Why watch a movie about Portal? Like that doesn't make any sense yet. Yeah. Yet I can tell anybody what the story is and it's really fun. And then there's right. things like unpacking, which like tells a story through like a, a very, very light gameplay set too. But it's also like, that's a standalone work of art that's cool and interesting and you know it it, it, yeah is it a good storytelling mode sure that's uh, it is it just is you know agreed well we solved it damon (laughs) we answered that question (laughs) and you can watch ghost of tsushima soon too yeah 
and I guess yeah. God of War. And People watch all these and, Sony uh, games. Twisted yeah. Metal. Twisted Metal. If you yes, were and Twisted interested metal. in the yeah. story for that. Yeah. But don't watch Halo. Just play those games. Uh, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Games, games are fine for you. That brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from JC from Elon, North Carolina. Elon, Ellen. E-L-O-N. <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Do we think it's Jace. published by Sony, should we ask? Oh, actually, yeah. sorry. Go he down had, his hobbit hole. Sorry, JC has a little note first. It's been watching, listening for years, through two marriages in the past 10 years to be exact, while cleaning, relaxing at night, while doing brain dead tasks and games. You guys are a big positive part of my week. I've seen members come and go. Uh, I know you've grown families, and I've discovered great games from GameScoop approved games like The Eternal Castle. That is an awesome game. Okay, now you may let the questioning begin. Mm, I like the little blurbs because it tells us something. It's like JC is not a young gamer. Mm-hmm. He's an elder, uh, an, an elder statesman of gaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it was this game Castle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, was this game released in the seventies, eighties, or nineties? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. I really wish we'd get more seventies games. Centipede. Was this released on the Magnavox Odyssey? That's, that's 80. Yeah, I was going to say Centipede was like 80, wasn't it? A- Asteroids, though. Yeah. Did um, this game have an overlay? I had to stick to my TV. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so was this published? Uh, was this a first, uh, what do you, you say? A console exclusive? Yes, it was. Okay, now we just got to figure out which console. Let's see here. Um, was it on was the it Nick's? PlayStation Fan? Was it a you know, on the PlayStation? Was it? Family? Was it? Was it okay. Yeah, this PlayStation family of home consoles and, mm-hmm. and portable consoles. No. Okay. Was that, it was it exclusive to a Nintendo console? Yes. Here we go. We got we got this. Was was this published by Nintendo? Yes, that's five. It, Damon was just talking about how everybody knows all of the Nintendo published games. <laughs> Here we go. Except it's for Fortune Mario. Street. People don't know what Fortune Street is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does the main character of this game, is he in a Smash Bros? Yes. Or she. Or she. Sure. Uh, okay. Okay. So that was a Fortune good. Street. <laughs> that was a That was a good six questions. All right. right. Okay. 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 Was this game exclusive to the, I don't know, to the Wii? No. Hmm. Did this game come out on a disc format? No. Ooh. So Switch, yes. DS, DS, 3DS. It can't be. It was. At, it wasn't released in the nineties. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, I guess it could be like late GBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Uh. So. Oh. I almost was this game up. displayed? On, was this a handheld game? Yes. Okay. It's Steel Diver. <laughs> I love That's it. A, I love it. Um, okay, I mean, was this a Nintendo DS exclusive? No. That's 10. So it's got to be 3DS, 3DS, right? right? We need, okay. Do we have to burn a question on that, or can we assume? Let's assume for now. Okay. Okay. Let's see. It, is this game known for making use of, like, oh, wait, a wait, 3D... Wait, but it could be Switch also. Oh, yeah. Well, well he but said handheld. Then, call... Would you consider Switch yeah. a handheld? Yes. I, it's you, a you know, hybrid it's the eternal console. It's the eternal struggle. 
Yeah. It's a it's a home console that you can play handheld. Correct. That's how I read it. We can burn a question on. Okay. Was was, you know I don't can we eliminate um, two out of three of the GBA 3DS and Switch somehow? Well, so we know it's not DS. So what we're left with is maybe Switch, maybe 3DS, maybe a weird late GBA game. Although that would yeah, it's so unlikely. I know. Yeah. You could so, pair Metroid Fusion with Metroid Prime that came out in 2002. What year did um did the did the Nintendo Switch come out? The 2017. So yeah, we just need to eliminate so did, one of those decades. Did, was this game released on a console that was first released in 2017? Was no. it did this game make it? Okay. Okay. okay so 3DS more than likely unless yeah. it's an old GBA. Um, no, okay. it's totally 3 yeah, 3DS. Okay. Uh Steel Diver. Uh, well, also, um, we so, so Steel Diver just just going down that route. That was a DLC downloadable. Oh, no, that was on cartridge, right? It was a launch game, right? It was on cartridge. Okay. Three well, DS games. You know, there's obviously the obvious one. There's you know, there's uh, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. There's Mario 3D Land. Yeah. Zelda. Um, we can ask if this is part of a giant series or just part of the Mario series or part of the Zelda oh, yeah, well, series or something. Yeah, and we know that we know that the character is in Smash. Smash. Yeah. Because there's so that, the big series, like did games with more than ten games, like Zelda and Mario, and then there's smaller series like Metroid, which is like probably fifteen games. What was the uh, what was the Fire Emblem on 3DS? I'm assuming there was one. Yeah, Awakening was one of them, and then Fates, I believe, is there's the, the three, the three one. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, there are some Kirby's on there are some Kirby's on 3DS. Yeah. yeah, Link Between Worlds is uh, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of 3DS games, huh? I don't know. Is this part of the Mario universe? Yeah, it's a little bit of a gray area, but I think you have to say yes. Hmm. So Donkey Kong, Tropical yeah. Freeze, something, something. They ported. They ported Returns to 3DS, but that wouldn't... They even yeah. said it was a 3DS exclusive and Returns was like a port. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't know. There was some weird... There was there was Mario, Mario Party or... Mario yeah, Party 100 say, or whatever that weird thing was. A party game. Sports. WarioWare? Was, I, I don't even skip remember. the 3DS. I mean, there is, there is a game for it, but it's like a really strange one. Um... Does this game have Mario in the title of the game? No. <laughs> well, it's not Mario Tennis. It's not Mario Party. It's not yeah. Mario Kart. It's not Mario Golf. It's not Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Well, and it's likely to just not feature Mario at all, but just in the Mario universe. Mm-hmm. It's not Mario and Luigi. What are the? Are there any Donkey Kong games on 3DS that are not that port? I mean, I mean, so wasn't there that one where it's like uh, almost it's like the old arcade game? What's that game called? I forget. I don't remember if it's a 3DS game. What if it's it's a GBA game and it's like, you know, Donkey Kong King of Swing or something. One of the last GBA games. Dude, that's not a bad call. That's not a bad. That's not a bad thought. 
So do we need to burn it and be like, is this a 3DS game? Well, let's just do, is this a Donkey Kong game? Okay. Is this a Donkey Kong game? (laughs) No. No, okay. There there was a... Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, but that was also a port, right? No, that was the original. That was on Wii U or something? I thought it started on 3DS and then got ported to Wii U, but maybe it was the other way around. Hmm. I think it was just on Wii U and got ported to Switch. I don't think it's ever been portable. Maybe it has though. I, I don't know. 3ds got um got got that well, but again, it's a port. But it got the old. It got the NES Remix compilation. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. 3ds 3ds got a Yoshi Island. There's Doctor Luigi. Yeah. Unclear. That's there's cool. also um. There's a, also could, the, the there's, there's the Luigi, Luigi. game. Yeah, there's the Luigi, Luigi Ghost game. Super Luigi U and Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. The second one? It's probably Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Is this a Luigi game? No. That's 15. Oh, no. Could it be Bowser's Inside Story? That's a Mario. That's, that's, yeah, Mario, Mario, Luigi. I should clarify. A a while back, Justin said, Damon said it's an exclusive 3DS game. And just, I did not, I never said that. Okay. But we know it was a console exclusive. And we know it was on a Nintendo console, and we know it's not on the Switch or DS, and we know it came out after in the year two thousand or later. Yeah, but I so think that, I think he's basically saying like it could be, which it's not because this doesn't play place in the Mario universe, but like it could be Ocarina of Time three D, because like technically that game is exclusive to Nintendo, but not exclusive to three DS. So I think that would still fit in the criteria, but that's not a Mario game. I'm calling the cops if that's the case. Mm. I mean, or Damon's giving us a clue that it's a it's an after 2000 GBA game. Uh, it's a Mario adjacent game, and it has characters in Smash Brothers. I'm just trying to focus on like it, what if know. what if it's Smash Brothers on, on 3ds? Super <laughs> Super Smash Brothers for 3ds. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah, Damon. Even it. if it's not that, change it to that just so yeah. we can have this moment. I'm <laughs> still. I I know I've brought it up on this show before, but I'm so mind blown that the fourth Smash Brothers is Super Smash Brothers Four 3DS and Super yeah. Smash Brothers mm-hmm. Four Wii U. Yeah, it blows funny. me away every oh, time I forget so and re-remember that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you, do you perform Super Smashes in this game? No. Damn oh. it! Damn, that would have been so funny. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. This is confusing. I don't, yeah. I don't know where to go. I mean, I don't. I don't hate DK King of Swing, but it's not a DK or, game. No, we we know that that. Yeah, we That's asked Donkey weird. Kong. So oh, we, we know it's not a Mario in the title game or a Donkey Kong in the title game, or just a Donkey Kong game. Which is like, what else is Mario adjacent that could be like that? Well, there's the Wario yeah. games. That's all I'm thinking about still. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Then, um, who else? Like Toad had his own games. Super Princess Peach was on DS. Not well, DS. what about a Yoshi game? Is there not a Yoshi game for 3DS? Yoshi, yeah. yeah that's there, there is a Yoshi game. Well, I don't know what I it would be, though. I know. I don't remember what it's called. It's not Yoshi Island 2. They did. I mean, it might just be like so. They did. They did new Super Mario Brothers. Like, did they? Was there a game? Was there a new like new Yoshi Island game? Mm. Is that a thing? There was on DS, and it had Baby Donkey Kong and Baby Peach in it. But I don't remember anything 
3DS. It gets a little confusing. Maybe yeah, I, I agree. I don't know where to go. I mean, mm. it could still be GBA, you know. <laughs> I started this podcast with so so much confidence in us. How many questions do we have? Four? Three questions and a guess. Man, and not having Mario in the name, like that, you know, that knocks out any sort of like weird, you know, Paper Mario, like any of those. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, ooh, there was Yoshi's Woolly World. Hey. Yeah, that's good. We can ask if you play as a human. Would you, would you, would, we wouldn't consider Kirby in the Mario universe at all, right? No. No. Okay. Do you play as a human in this game? Human? <clears throat> I guess so. Okay. Well, if it was Yoshi's Woolly World, he would have not had to think I, about I that think at all. I think it's I think it's Toad. What do you mean human? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Please to explain. Is is Toad a human? I guess so. No, he's not. He's definitely not. I don't know. I, I I think it's it's ambiguous. It, it might be like Wario because it's like is is Mario Wario like are they humans? I don't. Yes. Know. Are <laughs> they though? Because yes! you go to New Dog City and you meet humans and they don't look anything like you. It's okay. Still you humans. ever? They got, they got they got pulled into the the, the warp pipe when they're fixing their plumbing company. We all know. That. Okay. I, After a little research, he, he is. This is a human character. So there was there was there was WarioWare on the GBA on the uh, yeah, it's like WarioWare, like some weird game assembly game. Yeah, what about like Punch Out? Like he would know that like Little Mac is a human. Yeah, like, it's not set in the Mario. He's not even couldn't couldn't even possibly be in the Mario universe. Wait, I thought Mario was the referee in those games, or at least in, in the, the original. That's true, but they're not. That's more of like a, That's a good point. And Donkey Kong's mm. in, the, in the background in Punch Out. I don't know. I don't know why this is so difficult. When he said Nintendo, I was like, "Oh, this will be easy." Yeah, me too. We don't miss Nintendo. It's a little bit of a hard mode one. There's definitely weirder games in the DS, like Yoshi Touch and Go, and yep, that. So this is this is pretty difficult. I'm just trying to figure out like who who it's, who would Damon have to look up to find out if they were human. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I think it might be the WarioWare game. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, WarioWare Inc. I, man, I don't remember. Yeah, that's right. You got it. That's what it's called. No, no WarioWare Inc.'s the original one, isn't it? That's oh, just maybe. the very original WarioWare game. Yeah. Mm. There's. It's called like it. It has. I don't know. It's. It's called like Let's Make It or something. It's not. No, I think you shake it, but like it's like it's called something. Okay. Mm. What about Tomodachi Life? There was also a WarioWare that was like a best of that they ported to Switch. Yeah, Tomodachi Life. What a game. All right, two questions and a guess. Okay, well, should we just burn one for Wario? Yeah. Okay, uh, is this a Wario game? Yes. Okay, so now we just have to figure out which Uh... one that is. (laughs) Wait, but was there one on GBA? Hey, I think yeah, it's that the was the first original. one on GBA. And it's so that would GBA have definitely again. been more in the 90s, yeah? Yeah. Well, it, 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 I, it got ported to GameCube also, 
With yeah, it did. The very original WarioWare was called WarioWare Inc. Mm-hmm. Micro Mega Games or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was GBA. And then you're right. It got ported to GameCube. With okay. Well, then remotes. we should ask if it was on GBA first. That's our last Wait, question. We still have a question? We have one, yeah, we have one question. question. Oh, yeah. Then we got this. Yeah. Okay. Was this on GBA first? Yes. All right. That's yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's WarioWare Inc. Maybe it's not, though. It no. Is. It is not. No. no! So Wario, uh, you, what is it, Wario? That's what it's called. You all made a fatal error. The Game Boy Advance was released in 2001. Oh. Yeah. Oh. No, I knew that. I, I, I but the, we got the game so, right. That's the GBA one. So it wouldn't be a late, it didn't have to be a late GBA game. It's Wario well, we Land. We said WarioWare Inc. It's Wario Land 4. 4. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Wario Land 4. This is great. I don't think we made a fatal error. Like, okay, look, yes, you're right. We made an error about the GBA, but yeah. we guessed a GBA WarioWare game. I, that was our guess. Well, our thing is, is that we we had three consoles: GBA, Switch, and and 3DS, and we annihilated. We got rid of Switch, and and we're stuck on that. We should we should have. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. This I've game is put- getting a, a little bit of a renaissance right now because there's a there's a, a spiritual successor mm-hmm. to it. Right, uh, Pizza Tower. Pizza Tower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just right. watched a YouTube essay about this game. I've never played it. It's like one of the one of the few games of my Nintendo backlog that like I hope to get to someday. Well, I know I it's like shows up in the new Switch uh, online. Yeah, it's got great pixel art. This is yep. a really yeah, good game. Yeah, the animations are wild, especially when he walks up a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, Craig Harris gave this a nine. Yeah, well, that means it was <laughs> mediocre at best. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. I've played oh, this. Oh, man, it looks great. I can vouch mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, you seem to uh, just discount the GBA because you thought, it, maybe you thought it was released in the late 90s or something. But... Well, we kept coming back to the GBA. I want to point that out, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We were a little too fixated on mm-hmm. 3DS. Yeah. Look at, those, look at those Mode 7 effects. Anyway, nicely attempt. Thank you for your suggestion. Who was that? <laughs> JC in Elon, North Carolina. I think that's what I said. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions or uh, for 20 questions or, or questions for the show, email them to me at the address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to everyone mm-hmm. working behind the scenes in our LA studio to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out.
All right, I'll stop talking shit about Star Trek then. My run of show came together very last minute, so nobody knows what we're going to talk about. But that's okay. I, I'm that's... well aware. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really look at them anyway, so I, I'm at no disadvantage. If it's Resident Evil, I'm good. If it's not, we're screwed. I got nothing. No, we already did Resident Evil, Mark. Yeah, we you're talked screwed. about last just, but I do yeah, want to get screwed. your thoughts on it, Mark. I'm you're screwed. Gonna have to, you're you're going to have to fall back on your natural charms. Uh, oh, no! And, no! <laughs> this is the worst case scenario. And you're going to have to win 20 questions. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.